Now, it's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football, it's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. City Talk 105.9, all in the game. Neil Atkinson, Dave Downey, and very briefly at the opening to uh, read some breaking news for us, Steve Hoddersall. Steve. Yeah, thank you very much, Neil. Uh, Tranmere Rovers just released uh, a statement, and this is on the club website. So for any Tranmere fans, and of course, uh, further afield, I'm sure you'd be interested, Rovers have today announced that with immediate effect, manager Ronnie Moore has been suspended until the conclusion of a football association investigation into a potential breach of betting rules. Assistant manager John McMahon has been placed in temporary charge of first team affairs the club will be making no further comment until the outcome of the investigation so that's the press release that Tramir Rovers have put uh, on their website Thanks, Steve. Thanks for taking the time to do that. Uh, no further comment from the clubs. There'll be no further comment from <coughs> us either on that during this show. So this is all in the game. It's Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey. We're going to talk about what's happened with Liverpool in the last two games, the last-minute 3-2 victory over Fulham, followed by the uh, disappointing, yet in some ways uplifting 2-1 defeat at Arsenal, insofar as defeat can be. We'll be doing that in Part 2. We'll be looking ahead to games to come in Part 3, but before then, we're going to talk about the fact that, um, obviously, Dave Downey Everton are going to win the FA Cup. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Uh, they're definitely not going to go up to Liverpool, which is the uh, the first thing that comes into my mind yesterday when Arsenal won. Uh, I've got to say, to be brutally honest, I was relieved uh, because I, I just... No, I don't fancy Anfield again for a while. I really don't. Well, I don't think anyone does, um, which is, you know, I don't think that's an Everton, sold the Everton thing. I don't, no. I don't think anyone fancies coming to Anfield at the moment. But, you know, it's it, it was an exciting draw because genuinely, I th- you know, I think it's still an exciting draw. I think Arsenal away will be an exciting draw. Yeah. Everton drew there recently. It wouldn't surprise me if Everton go there and get a point again. Arsenal look at the moment to be no great shakes. Uh, they've got, they've got, they've got uh, distractions all over the place. I think if there's, if there's ever a time for Everton to play Arsenal in their ground this season, it could well be in, in, in two, three weeks time yeah absolutely I, I mean it's four days I think it's four days or three or four days before the return leg against Bayern as well so uh, yeah, as long as they're still in the tie well even if they're not I suppose they'll still be looking at that probably um, yeah it, it's it's a funny one Neil because I'm more concerned about how we're playing at the moment as opposed to it being really? Arsenal I saw, I saw the game yesterday and I thought Everton were, without being quite as irresistible as they were at times earlier this season, I actually thought Everton were quietly effective. It would have been easy to drop to Swansea's level and I don't think Everton did that second half. I, I thought we were very slow, Neil, and I, and I think that the pace of the, the side has, has really sort of fell, I'd say, quite dramatically over the last few games. Uh, it's in fits and starts when we get our game going. Um and it, it bodes back to when we played Crystal Palace away, I think, earlier this season. We got too comfortable with the ball, and I think that's starting to happen again as the side becomes more leggy as the season wears on, as you've got not fully fit players who are coming back into the side, i.e. Ross Barkley, Dale mm. Fayou. They're not a full pelt, and it's so much easier for them to keep the ball because that's what they've been drilled to be doing all season by Roberto Martinez is to keep the ball, defending possession, all of that stuff. But it actually has a negative effect when you know you, you need some injection of pace into the game. I think it's far too easy to keep hold of the ball then, and you, you're seeing elements. I mean, I watched the game, funnily enough, just before I come in this evening. Uh, I watched it back and. The, the crowd were getting really frustrated as well. We'd get the ball in, in some fantastic positions. You'd see Coleman make his move forward. You'd see Baines make his move forward. And the ball would simply go square. It wouldn't be that in, injection of pace down the right-hand side. You wouldn't see the ball laid off in front of Coleman and in bursting in. When you did, we scored. Mm. Um, 
and it, you know, it, it's sort of it's a little bit of a concern for me, particularly when you know it's the business end of the season. It almost feels a little bit flat at the moment, and the cancelled game against Palace as well. People are saying, "Oh yeah, it's great because we'll get bodies back." Not necessarily think that's the greatest thing in the world because we find ourselves eight points behind Liverpool, uh, five behind Spurs, and you know a tough game against Crystal Palace still to play. So. Last few You'd days. You'd always rather have points on the board than the game in hand. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the reality of yeah, football. Arsenal will attest to that, won't they, over the years when, when that's happened to them in a the, in the title race. I think it puts a hell of a lot more press in you. Even, you know, psychologically, you look at that league table, eight points is huge. Regardless of how many games, you know, it, it is huge, particularly the way Liverpool are playing. And Everton seem to have to grind out results and it's that stage of the season. It, and this is my argument for why Stephen Naismith has become pivotal to Everton because... You get to this stage of the season where where teams are leggy and where it becomes a war of attrition. He fits that category. He's mm. one who'll come on. He relishes that. He relishes getting stuck in, running the lines, running the channels. You know, energy. That's what he, he relishes, and rather than quality, and that's why he's, I think he's coming to the fore lately. Whereas you know you've got players like Ross Barkley struggling to get into the games, stays to the pitch doesn't help this time of season. Wherever you go, um, so yeah, I mean it, it's a little bit of a concern. But having said that, in a way, tired Arsenal to get to Wembley. I mean, what, what's better, you know, inspiration than that? I think it's. Um, I think Everton find themselves in, a, in in an interesting position in that you aren't as irresistible as you were early in the season. Yeah. There's not. There isn't quite the same magic, but there is still a steal. <clears throat> uh, it stems from I think the centre backs, the two centre backs, mm. this time coming back. Everton, you know, there's a, there's a steal there, which, with the exception of you know, with what happened at Anfield essentially before half time, with that put aside, you know. You don't Everton don't look like they're going to get turned over by anyone twos, threes, and fours. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, the, the fact that yeah, Everton are so comfortable in possession, the collective is comfortable. Barry, I think, looks like one who's you know he, he suddenly does look a little bit more his age. I think, mm-hmm. and I think that's what you mean when you're saying you know you want to see the ball moving forward yeah. in a diagonal. You want to see the ball moving forward into you know into a channel. You want to see that sort of stuff. And it's it's interesting that the players to whom those balls would be fed still look like they've got running in them, but it's the players who. You know, further back are the ones who look like, even though they're not doing that running particularly at yeah. that moment, they're not quite as they're not quite as snappy in the decision making. The mental side of football, in part, is the case here. There's one or two who maybe, you know, Barry and McCarthy maybe symbolise it a bit more. You know, they could almost do with a couple of games out just to clear their heads, just to get back to doing what they were doing well. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a freshness issue, I think. And you know, you've got you've probably got two sides within one. Really, you've probably got the likes of Baines, Coleman. Who run all day for you? Who, who love them diagonal balls into the channels? And then you've got Barry McCarthy, a bit more wiser heads on 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 the shoulders, who want to keep possession of the ball. Will pick out chances. You know, it's a patience, a game of patience for them, rather than relentless attacking playing. Um, I, I suppose it, it's a dilemma for Martinez because I mean he has got selection headaches again now, which is good. But um, in, in a way, it's also like, well, you know, listen, you've seen Lucien Traore come in. The, the, the lab was knackered after 20 minutes, never mind 60. Um, and you know, I, I, he, I, he was unfairly, unfairly judged by a lot of Evertonians on Twitter. Um, obviously, it remains to be seen how effective he's going to be. But you've got Lukaku to come back into the mix as well. I, I think a lot hinges on him. Uh, which is which rather an obvious statement, but I think it's you know it's equally as important as saying well you know you need your fullbacks to kick on and at the same time it's it's getting it's getting back to basically Everton look fantastic with the striking in the team uh, against Palace the lineup was revealed before mm-hmm. the game was called off and Nate Smith was going to be up front on his own that's a concern 
because we've seen what that did in the derby. There's just real, no real cutting edge. Naismith will run for you, but and yet his finish, I thought his finish was excellent. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lovely, lovely finish. It's yeah. the sort of finish that that a player who's, who's, who again knows knows what he's good at and knows what he isn't. It's the finish that he carries out. I thought it was it was, it was excellent stuff. He just simply knew the thing that he needed to do to get the ball into the back of the net, and he didn't try and do any more than that. There was no 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 fluff on it. There was nothing, you know. There was nothing to make it a bit more a bit more interesting. It was just I've got to just put this ball past this this, this on Russian goalkeeper. I thought it was a lovely, lovely. Finish. Finish one of my favourites of the season. Well, he, he's Everton's second top goal scorer now, and uh, I do think he gets a lot of unjustified slack and uh, flack, and, and that's coming from me as well because I've been a critic of his. Uh, I've not necessarily thought he's good enough to, to play for Everton, but you know, it just shows you what that effort, determination, all, all of those attributes that you'd associate mm. with an Everton player <laughs> when they come into the side. It just shows you how crucial they can be. And, I think he's, he was unfortunate to get dropped as well um, for this game. Yeah. Score four in his last six now as well. You know, so you know he, he's, he's become crucial to Everton. And it's funny, isn't it? That those kind of players. You've probably experienced it yourself at Liverpool, where one who's an unsung hero really comes well, to the, the fore. The, 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 the Naismith comparison since he's arrived has often been someone like Dirk Cowles. Yeah. I don't think he's quite as good as Dirk Cowles, but there are similarities there. You know, that 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 finish. From uh, capitalising on the mistake and then rolling it in like that was the sort of finish Dirk Cout would have made. You know, there's, there's, there are a number of similarities there. Wherein, and what you'd always notice with Dirk is he'd often have a big February, he'd often have a big March. You know, in these sorts of games where you need someone who just you know, the 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 inspirational lads are, are just struggling a little bit for inspiration all of a sudden. Uh, they've, they've they've put it all in over Christmas and January, and now they're just beginning to find it a little tricky. They need someone to take a bit of the burden off, and then leading into March, April when there's prizes to play for. They begin to kick back on and that's I think that's what the role that Naismith's playing here for Everton and I think that if you know as I say this I mean I, I was we'll talk more about the Liverpool Arsenal game in a second but I was surprised by the lack of Brio from Arsenal really they, they very much didn't look the side that they looked earlier in the no. season and I accept that Everton don't quite look the side that Everton looked earlier in the season but it, I really you know with, with what's on the line there with a manager who knows how to win the FA Cup by the way and this is you know this is important now you've got a manager there for the first time when you've been in this position you're in the last eight of something and the managers won that trophy and that was never, literally, never the case under David Moyes. No. And that that counts for something as well. And he, you know, he, he he can tell the players what it is that they need to do, and they will need to roll the sleeves up. That you know, a replay would really be no bad thing for Everton. You know, regardless of any talk of fourth place, you know, a replay really would be no bad thing for Everton. So it's, I think it's there uh, hugely for Everton. And you know, the only other good side left in the competition really is Manchester City. You obviously wouldn't want a semi-final against a plucky underdog. Um, who's you know, who's, 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 it is the fact their cup final yeah. laying it all on the line at Wembley but I just think it's a, it's a, it's a huge opportunity and I think it's a, it's an opportunity for the whole football club it would be nice you know it would be interesting and it would be significant I think if Martinez did end his first season with at the very least a major final yeah well then uh, you know it'd be fitting for, for what he's done it would be fitting for what he's done yeah I mean he you very rarely get what you deserve in football, mm. um, and, and that will be deserving of, of how well he's done this season. I, I do think so. Uh, again, you know, the, the opposite side to that coin is, you know, if you go to a final and you lose it, then what sort of? But the other, the other side of that is that even if that happened, let's say, and realistically, you know, let's say it goes right the way through it, and everyone gets say Manchester City in the final or something like that, then the Europa League place would definitely be Everton's even to do yeah. there anyway. I think that Martinez. Obviously, we can got relegated, and obviously the the onus was on him to move. But 
he's not got to play European football, and I actually feel a little bit sorry for him for that. He's very much, you know, he, he is obviously a European. I was about to say something utterly daft there, <laughs> but you know, he is obviously a European, um, and he is a European style of manager. So it is a shame for him that having you know got Wigan the trophy that obviously they craved, that they loved, they wanted, the rewards that follow, he never quite got, and that's you know, it, I think it's, I think it's important for Martinez personally to get this Everton side into Europe as quickly as possible because that's what he walked away from to take this job yeah and again it's progression as well isn't it and you know we were talking on the Blue Room on Thursday and a lot of the lads were saying that you know we'd rather have this FA Cup than fourth and I, you know a lot of people have picked the holes in that argument saying well you're simply saying that because fourth looks you know highly not highly unlikely but unlikely at the moment mm. the argument they put forward and I was the same because I'd rather have fourth uh, I, I wouldn't it's sad to say that but the way the modern game is for everything that brings I'd rather have fourth but um, in terms of an FA Cup uh, a trophy would be, would be huge for Everton and, and, and for Martinez I think you know I, I just want to see progression season on season and I think for what we expected when he come in after Moyes for for what he's gone on and done since then, I, I think it's a massive progression of Everton getting Europe, which I think, you know... Well, regardless, I think it's likely to go yeah. down to seventh anyway, um, unless Southampton put a run together, which doesn't look that likely, although I do think that, that there's signs of life there despite the results mm. at the weekend. That was a weird one there, line-up against Sunderland, wasn't it? The, well, the, 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 the entire game was absolutely bananas. It was it was surreal football. It, you know, playing, playing a game like that in front of 16,000 yeah. people. Um, and I understand that there's huge economic issues. And I also understand that Sunderland have got a major final to save up for and I also understand it's on the telly and that Southampton obviously aren't going to bring an end yeah. all the way up to Sunderland for a 12.45 I mean it's it's awful scheduling it really is it's dreadful dreadful scheduling that said it's very difficult to work out what's actually good scheduling given it the fact that it does take about 8 hours yeah. when do you put it on but you know I think if any game needs to be at 3 o'clock it's one of them yeah. uh, but I mean all that aside it, it was just a very, very strange game of football, I thought. And, you know, and, and Sunderland made a couple of changes as well. Uh, again, understandably, with what they've got coming up on the horizon. But I think this is back to this number of games in, in how many days question, yeah. which I think managers now struggle with a little bit. Certainly, you know, managers who aren't quite as used to having to deal with it and don't quite have the squad for it. You know, the number of times Liverpool have lost players injured in the third game of, of, of three and eight days, four or five times this season now, I think I'm right in saying. Um, Gerard Aga and... Uh, Gerard, Agas, Sarko and Allen all off the top of my head and this is it's just you know the Q, Sarko is the, the prime example when we lost Sarko uh, 91st minute against Chelsea to a hamstring pull yeah. and that really that is if nothing else symbolises the idea of that where of, of having to go one more time having done three big games in tents and having to go again and then boom 91st minute it goes Will you look at Gary Monk there for Swansea I mean yeah. I, they've, I think they've got seven in 19 or something like that next next few games you know, and then it makes the Europa League look absolutely ridiculous because they're fighting for survival. They've got an FA Cup game that he probably doesn't want, and and, and then he got two Europa League ties against the favourites. But he's got to take that seriously, yeah. And I think in respect to him for that, I think I I thought there was a number of managers who I think find themselves onto a bit of a high into nothing um, with the fifth round of the cup. The other thing that I think, and I'm, I I used to rally against this. Uh, if we're going to talk about this, I'd like to talk about it properly. I used to rally against this, but I now think that because of the issues around fixture congestion there are a number of people who are playing these football matches and approaching them like they want them just to be one game like you don't want the replay Yeah. best result to win 
Next best result to lose. Next best result to draw. And I think that that wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that was very much in Gary Monk's head because you know a draw there just causes him causes him more hassle than he needs. Um, so you you end up having these odd games, and therefore I think that that favours the home draw t- drawn team even more. I think there's an argument now in the FA Cup, and people won't like it that, that people who are traditionalists, and I'm I'm normally a traditionalist on almost all yeah. arguments around football. I think there's an argument now just to say it's one game. We're gonna it'll decide because then like at the least because then yeah because then at least it means that if you're the, the away team and you want it to be done, you haven't got to go all out attack. You can then say, well, we'll play, we'll play for, we'll play for extra time and pens. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that it opens that tactical route up. I'm not saying I'd, I want to see Liverpool take it, but it opens that tactical route yeah. up and changes the dynamic a little bit. I think at the moment, I think a number like I think that very much Pochettino wouldn't surprise me if going through his head is I just don't want to replay. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, these lads can sort it, but I don't want a replay. And I think very much that would have been in Poirier's head. I do not want a replay. Yeah, well, I've, I've always, like you say, I mean, I, I love the FA Cup. I think it's a fantastic competition and, and the League Cup as well. I'd love to see sides take it more seriously. But like you say, I mean, you, you, you've got to be pragmatic with it in this day and age. They fix your congestion. I've often thought why it hasn't been done because it just the way the competition's been devalued. I thought that would have been one of the things that come along with it. The fact that they would make it as, as small as possible and contained as possible. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think you know devalued. I think you can you, you can argue it would you know it ramp it up. I think it'd be yeah. genuinely exciting. I think you know we all ultimately as a neutral you love a penalty shootout. Yeah. But you know I think the argument that's often given is well smaller sides could do with replays for gate receipts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but they could do with just having a one-off game to go through. If you, you know if you're Wickham and you're at home to Manchester United or Manchester City. <clears throat> and you've got it. You've got it. Excuse me. You've got it to two two. And at the end of ninety, yes, you get the gate receipts for going there, but you're not going to win. No. Whereas you've got them now. They've run out, run around for ninety minutes. They've not liked it. It's cold. It's wet, etc., etc. All the cliched stuff. Yeah. You know, get them going for another thirty, and you could say, well, they should be fitter than us. But then they should have been fitter than you from minute one. And then you know, you could get them to penalties, and then you never know. I th- and I think that this is, you know, I think if you want more shocks and you want more sort of upsets, but then you know, I could be talking complete broken biscuits because look <laughs> at the last eight, and there's barely a proper football team yeah. amongst them. <laughs> um, I'm so naughty. This is the Anfield rap. Oh, no, it's not the Anfield rap. It's uh, all in the game. I've got to get it straight in my head. Uh, City talk one oh. Five nine. Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey. After the break, we will talk about Liverpool going to Arsenal, but we'll also talk about Liverpool going to Fulham because we've got to have a happy ending. It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson on City Talk 105.9. All in the game. City Talk 105.9. Your egg, your sausage. Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey through till 7 o'clock with you this evening. Um, what are we going to crack on with here? We're going to talk about Liverpool, I think. We're going to talk about Liverpool versus Fulham, first and foremost. Then we'll talk about Arsenal versus Liverpool as well, Dave. Um, it seems late to do sorts of reaction stuff to the Fulham game, but it seems significant enough for it to, be, to, to, to remain uh, worth doing. The key thing about it all is uh, Steven Gerrard's celebration. If ever anything has defined what somebody who, let's be honest about this, doesn't communicate that much of himself mm. over to the public, he's very guarded and you can understand why. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite clear what Steven Gerrard thinks about Liverpool's league campaign. It is. It's uh, Like you say, he's a very um, discreet character, isn't he, Steven Gerrard? And uh, he, even even up until that point, he sort of played down along with along with Brendan as well. He played down Liverpool's chances, and um, I'm covering the game in here on on uh, Wednesday night and seeing seeing him go up to the fans. I mean, I, 
you, I mean, you didn't see that reaction that strong when he scored in the FA Cup final to take it to extra time. Mm. Uh, even Istanbul, I think he'd have pushed a reaction as significant as that. Uh, the way he ran up, took his top off. You know, you forgive him that bit of self-indulgence. We've discussed on, when I've been on the Anfield rap before. The the sort of hard time he gets with the Stevie Me sort of he's not that he's not that person you know I think it's been established that he's not that person uh, and that was more about you know this is Liverpool's time this is our time and you look at the context of his career as well you know he I think he's documented he's gone on record himself saying that he may not win a, a league title with Liverpool. It was hugely significant that moment, and it, I, it was almost underplayed a lot by a lot of fans. I seen you know winning the last minute of Fulham. You know it's a game you, sh- you, you should be winning anyway, but it's a traditional banana skin for Liverpool in recent years. Yeah. Even when you've been going for the title, uh, a lot of people related to Ben Ayew when he scored uh, late on against Fulham. And, this one was that much more significant because Liverpool were horrific. I thought for, for large parts of that game, first half, first half was a terrible game of football, um, and Fulham looked a decent side. You'd, if you looked, you'd think Fulham are the side pushing for a league title, and when that when that went in, um, you could very much see that this is. You know, it's on as you, as you lot put it. Well, this, this is here. It is now. Is I think the the, the, the key part of this. My, my my. It's interesting you were saying before about Evertonian conflict over come, come forth with the FA Cup. One of my issues around the uh, desire to talk Liverpool down among some Liverpool supporters, because you're right to say it's still been downplayed, is you know this idea that we've got to have this narrative of progression. Mm. So you do this this season, you do this top four thing this season, and then you see about kicking on. Um, you know, I think that this is a massive part of of, of you know, because that's what you're told. This is the way you're told this is meant to work. Not least by you know by Brendan himself. You it know. is unprecedented, though. It's, the whole thing would yeah. be you know would be if 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 it continues completely unprecedented. You know, it's well, it, it is precedented, but not in a, not not in the Premier League. Extent, yeah. But then, but then you know, there's so many, there's lots of things about the season that are currently un- either either unprecedented things happening, even as simple as what Tony Pulis is doing at Palace. I haven't took them from where he got them to where he's got them now. Yep. Um, as simple as the number of goals Suarez has scored and the number of goals Liverpool and Manchester City have scored. The fact that Arsenal were top of the league when they came to Anfield, shipped five and had already shipped six. Early. You know, there's unprecedented things happening. Yeah. It's the first time you've, you know, in a post, in a post Abramovich era where United haven't got Ferguson in charge as well. You know, there's lots and lots of bits and pieces of this that are sort of unprecedented. So the idea that that doesn't doesn't concern me as much. What I think more is that you know you've been told you've had drilled into you. The way this works is Liverpool need to get back in the top four before they've got a chance of. of, of being serious contenders for, for the league or the Champions League again, obviously the Champions League, but before they've got a chance of being serious contenders, you've got to put a squad together. You've got to put a squad together. You've got to be good enough. You've got to get yourself into the top four. And I think that why I think people are still are despairing at it is because, you know, start of the season, you're making your prediction. I just think Liverpool will do. I think they could just about get fourth. Could be close, could end up being fifth. Uh, because people want to be right. Yeah. You want to be you want to have said things yeah. and, and and have them you know, we all liked we all liked the affirmation of the way in which we think things should go. And my argument about this and my frustration with this is if Liverpool get in the Champions League and do really, 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 really well in the transfer market next summer and you said to me right now, Neil, I'll guarantee you this, but only this, 12 games to go, four points off the pace, would you take it? That's it. Would you take that? I would go, yes, yes, yes. Right now, I would take that right now. I'll take that next season right now. I'll take that the season after right now. Because that's being in business. That's being close enough to touch it. And that's when, you know, 
as I say, could be some of the great business, could be a great top top four, getting out the group stages, whatever you want, and doing the business, and the club going in the right direction. But if you're saying to me you'll be four points behind Chelsea and City, who can spend all the money in the world any time they want, play pay players three hundred three hundred grand a week, four hundred grand a week, make it happen for themselves. You can be that close to these these clubs, yes or no next season, yes. But it is here and it is now. So it's twelve cup finals. It's twelve cup finals now. You're out, you know, you're, it's that straightforward, and that that's and I think that's what people sort of struggle to deal with because it shouldn't be here and it shouldn't be now. And I've been saying for yeah. ages it'll take take two three years, and you know let's hope FSG have got the guts <laughs> for it, and let's hope we get things right in the transfer market, boys. Throw all that out. It is here and it is now. Four points off the pace. Twelve games to go. Do you want it or not? There you are. But it, it's completely going going against the narrative of what football's become. Oh, completely, isn't it? yeah. That's the thing. It's it's like it's yeah. going away against years of this is what you need to yeah. do. It's it's almost you know against the institution, isn't it? Almost the, the way football is structured, the way the narrative plays out, the the way the landscape of the whole thing is. It, I mean, it, it's sad really in a way the fact that people aren't more drilled into the fact that this you know it is now because you know you you, you see things like the you said the sky thing, Abramovich comes along. Yeah. There's very much a, a culture that's just awash with drivel about. For modern day football, and now it's very much sport again. If you, if you get what I mean, it's it's very... this is it. Well, this is it. I mean, that, 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 that's a really, really good way to phrase it. Is that you know, in, in sport, think 25 to 1 shots go in all the time, yeah. in lots of other sports, all the time. 25 to 1 shots happen, 100 to 1 shots happen, not just in horse racing, in a wide variety yeah. of sports. Dennis Taylor comes from nowhere and wins the Snooker World Championship, yeah. wasn't even in it last year. You know, things happen in other sports that I'm for years we've said these are the rules these are the rules of what can and can't but be But they've achieved. almost been set in stone, haven't they? Exactly. And, and we're blinded by that. But one of the reasons why that's the case, though, is that you know, is, is because of things like the the importance of the money, the the dollar that's in there, all that sort of stuff, the petro dollar and all that nonsense. But and also someone like Alex Ferguson, mm. someone like Arsene Wenger. Now Wenger's still there at Arsenal, and Arsenal look now, I think, like they're doing an Arsenal season. Yeah, Arsenal are doing their staggeringly consistent Arsenal thing, wherein they'll mooch along. Probably not win anything in the end. They might now have a shout at the FA Cup. No one fancies them to win the Champions League. No one thinks they're not going to come fourth. No one thinks they're going to win the league. That's Arsenal now. Yeah. And that's the reality of Arsenal. Because that's what Arsene Wenger does. So he's got that consistency. What does Ferguson do? Takes United to top two. Puts a marker on the board over 85 points. And says, if you want to win this league ahead of us, you've got to get to 90. That's what you'll need to do. You'll have to get break 90 to win the league. That's gone. The marker of, of having to break 90, it's not there now. If Chelsea won every game from now until the end of the season, which I don't think they will, but if they did, they'd now only just break 90 at this stage. In seasons gone by, that's not the case. And that's the key thing now. What you need to win the league, 83, 84 points. Liverpool can get 83, 84 points. They can get it. Looking and at those fixtures as well, Neil. Uh, I was in looking at them the other day, and you know, I was talking to a friend about this the other night, and... I'd, as a Liverpool, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd far sooner have Chelsea coming to Anfield, City coming to Anfield, than having an abundance of Liverpool versus Swansea games. Well, I think that it's it's important. It's always about the next game, and I think it's important Liverpool turn Swansea over because that'll keep the pressure on those around them. I think Everton have got every chance going to Chelsea of getting something from that game. Chelsea do not want that game, mm. and the big thing that Chelsea haven't got that also Everton haven't got actually to be fair, but which Liverpool have and which City have um, and Arsenal haven't is the fellas up front will just put it in the back of the net for yeah. you. And that helps hugely. And that's the other thing that this is you know this season has, has demonstrated. Arsenal spent £42 million on Oatsal and I think he's a lovely footballer. 
I've got to be really clear about this. I think he's a really talented, hugely gifted, remarkable footballer. Daniel Sturridge is worth more money. Oh, absolutely. Because Daniel Sturridge yeah. puts the ball in the back of the net. And it's mad. That that, that shouldn't be... Because in a sense, I mean, Sturridge is obviously also a lovely footballer. But, you know, when, when Arsenal paid that money for Otsil, you went, well, that's what he's worth. But... Is that getting thrown out as well? You know, are we now at the point where you know, let's what's the business end? The business end is lads putting it in the back of the net. It's, it's funny how, how you know values being lost in the traditional striker, hasn't it? Because of these these playmakers, these number tens and lads who play in the three and a four two three one. Yeah, the likes of matter and false nines and all that rubbish. You get somebody who put the ball in the back of the net. It's just completely invaluable. But, yeah, you, you know. Suarez and Sturridge win Liverpool, Liverpool win the league. It's them two that, that have won it predominantly. Yep, and that's that's and, and, and the manager because the other thing I was thinking as well, um, and it's important to stress this I think because too often we, we we end up talking about aspects of football in the wrong way. If you talk any, and I mean any, five game block from when Brendan Rodgers was in charge of Liverpool, and you took me another five game block after that one with none of those games in. Liverpool will look a significantly better side in the second five-game block. Mm. You think about, the, you know, and that's not... There are obviously ups and downs within those five-game blocks. Obviously, it's football. But Liverpool looks significantly better. So if you take his first five games and you take his fourth lot of five games, Liverpool look much better. You take that fourth lot of five games and you go to the end of last season where Liverpool are putting six past Newcastle. But then if you take the first five games of this season, in in real terms, in the results, Liverpool go go, go all those five unbeaten. Yeah. And, and then you take you can take five ahead of that, and they look again every single time. It looks it's not just a little bit better; it's it's significant steps. It's like what I was saying earlier. You, you, as a fan, you want to see progression, and like you say, I mean, there's staggered, constant progression. But this season's gone off the charts simply because of those those you know the attacking instinct Liverpool have now. And the, the thing that gets me is I was looking at stats the other day. West Ham have kept the most clean sheets in the Premier League, but they've also had 12 games in which they haven't scored a goal. Mm. That just shows you what you know why you're valuing these these lads like um, Ozil and like uh, Mata. You know, yeah, all right, the fantastic footballers, like you say, fantastic to watch. Will unlock defenses. But they're not the ones who are, you know, a yard out with but, knocking the ball over the line. And But the, the, the other issue about this is, because that, 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 that seems like it's almost vaguely reductive, but I thought that was a great example when we played Arsenal, and I thought it was there actually, um, it was there in the game yesterday to a certain extent. Uh, Giroud's a good player. Mm. I would say Giroud's a good player, because he's a good player. He's 7 out of 10 for everything, 8 out of 10 for everything. But Sturridge, before you even talk about Suarez, Sturridge is on another level. A completely different level in terms of quality than Giroud, who, as I say, I think is a good player. Didn't see him play yesterday, sorry, I meant when we was at Anfield. And, you know, he's unable to impact upon a football match, whereas Sturridge, I thought he was poor yesterday because he didn't put the ball in the back of the net. But one of the points about this is he was constantly impacting on the football match in that he was putting himself in the position yeah. to do so. He was terrifying. He was, he, was, he was almost himself, more than Suarez, pushing Arsenal further and further back. But that's the difference nowadays, isn't it? You, you, you have strikers. You, I mean, you, for instance, you go back. 15 years, you would not be surprised if Alan Shearer didn't have an impact on a game if he didn't score a goal. That separates, I think, top-class strikers from world-class strikers because they're still affecting the game. Messi doesn't score. You'll guarantee he's either the poor game, hasn't scored it, the post, whatever, but he'll have still affected the game. Yeah. That's the difference between the likes of Sturridge, Suarez... Change, and, change and the, the shape, changing the shape of the game. Yeah. And and Suarez is one of Suarez's best gifts is that he and he, he seems slightly off the boil to me at the moment, and it's something that I'd like to... Hopefully he'll get addressed over the next couple of games. I think he could do with putting a... Feeling like he gets to put a performance in against Swansea. Is the system meant anything to that? 
Uh, partially, I think he's doing a bit more of a job for the team at the moment, and I think Sturridge coming back in has meant he's got to do a bit more of a job for the team. But I do, I, I wonder whether or not, and the system's also meant. I think he's he's got to do more hard yards. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think that generally speaking, it, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world not to have started him against Arsenal, uh, though he would have obviously gone absolutely spare on the bench. <laughs> uh, but it wouldn't have been, you know. And I think that this is, and when I talk about these five game progressions, there's still loads. Even if Liverpool win the league this season, there's still loads that this side needs to work out how to do. Mm. There still will be, i.e. it will need to work out how to do intense games over, you know, three games in eight days. You know, it's not... It, Liverpool haven't done it well all season. They haven't done it badly, but they haven't done it particularly yeah. well. You know, it's not something that's in, in, in Liverpool's locker, but they probably won't have to now. There might be... Sunderland will get moved now somewhere, but, you know, the, it, there'll be a weekend off there for... I think there's now a huge gap between when we play Southampton and when we play United, uh, which could work in our favour, Give you know, get, get the lads a bit fitter. Um, there's also a significant gap, you know, which could come up if City go through against Wigan. That might might get moved and that might become a bit of a yeah. bit of a run-in. But then those things, therefore, they can generate their own momentum. I think instead now, it is 12 cup finals for Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool haven't got to aim for a cup final. They have 12 of them. How many I, have you got to win to win the title? Uh, I think... I think that a minimum, a minimum is 10. A minimum of 10? A minimum of 10. Well, 10 at the moment, they're on 53 points, so 10 gets them, will get them 83. Um, I don't think the I don't think it'll go less than less than eighty. So you know you say I'd say eighty three. So that ten wins is eighty three. So I think a minimum of ten. I mean obviously if they get you know get nine and draw three, that can that gets yeah, them to yeah, eighty three. Yeah. But I think that Liverpool needs they've got these cup finals. They're there. The sides they're playing will obviously want to win. But Liverpool should want to win that little bit more. They should have most of the time that more on the line. And also frankly, City want to win the Champions League. Yeah. Um, let's just be honest about this. You know it's it. it those lads don't look quite as mental as our lads. Uh, you know, they're, they're not all running to the corner flag and all that sort of stuff because yeah. the captain just put a penalty and took his shirt off and gone absolutely bananas. Uh, this <laughs> is City Talk 1059. Neil Atkinson, Dave Downey, all in the game. We'll talk about Everton going to Chelsea just after this. Everything and anything football, it's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. City Talk 105.9, Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey. Um, it's one of the most interesting tests of Martinez's uh, time at Everton, I think, at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, no midweek game for Everton. Uh, disappear them off to uh, to Chelsea to play the early kick-off on the telly. Uh, having impressed at Arsenal, having impressed at Manchester United, um, being slightly blown away at City and uh, being quickly blown away at Anfield. It's, it's an intriguing one, this one, I think. I think, you know, and what you were saying before about Everton maybe looking like they lack a gear. Mm. Uh, maybe looking not quite as snappy as they once did. Lukaku would not be available anyway, so let that's put that one to one yeah. side. You know, what can Everton get from Chelsea? Uh, well, I, I think it, it's sort of it's a bit of a stick in the mud type of game, really, because you know, like I've said, we have looked lackluster lately, um, and it's the exact type of game where you can't afford to be that. You, you've got mm. you've got to you know you've got to hit your, your, uh, you've got to you know nail nailed down your performance from the off against Chelsea away it's in, it intrigues me because they've got the European game haven't they yeah, the week. yeah they have um, so you know that'll be on their minds as well and also it was Martinez's first win as Everton bossed this uh, back at Goodison as well which was a very interesting game very much like a, a Moyes type performance at that stage which it probably would re- be reminiscent of considering it was only four games into the season Um it's a strange one, Neil. I normally have a feeling either way when we go to bigger sides when we can give them a go or not. I mean, we've had a good record at Stanford. I say good record uh, in terms of no defeats, uh, very few defeats down at Stanford Bridge. We lost the last game of last season down there, but um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm quietly confident that we could go there and it, it could be the thing that could reignite our season. I think, you know, you've got a midfield area, I think it's crucial. James McCarthy had a great game. Um, <clears throat> sorry, he didn't, he didn't play then. I mean, I think McCarthy's crucial to anything we do down Barry there. Barry has a great game in the, in the, in the, in the home. That, that pair, um, if they come in, if they can they can play as well as they have done for Everton this season, and I think they went on to be worried about in Chelsea's midfield. Hazard's the one, isn't he? You've got to stop. I think it, it'll be difficult for Distan if he gets on him. Um, I haven't said that. I, think, I don't think Etu. I mean, Etu should have scored four or five of goodness in that day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's still, he's, I think he's, has he broken five goals yet in the league? I don't think he has, no. He's, he's got that hat-trick, didn't he, in something, I think, in one competition. I can't remember which one. I don't know if it was the league. Uh, but he's, he's, he's not... It was a hat-trick against Man United, wasn't it? The hat-trick was against Man United. Yeah. It was that was in the league but I don't think he's got he's not got huge numbers he's no. not, I don't think he's scored in five games then more accurately no that, 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 and that's what I mean I think that's why you know if you can nullify their midfield then you're generally stopping their goal scoring threat because that's where it comes from comes from hazards mostly uh, Oscar obviously as well and I think we can get at them I mean Terry's not fast at all is he it remains to be seen with Traore it's hugely a game I mean Oscar Oscar's got the, on the stats thing which I, I do occasionally glance at Oscar's got the most <clears throat> the most uh, the highest rate of what they call final third regains I <laughs> <laughs> I.e. tackling in the opposition. You said that an American accent. Uh, nearly did. Yeah. I tackling in the opposition's final third, and that's something which Everton can be a little bit vulnerable to. Yeah. I think it's you know it's one for Everton for everyone on the on every Everton player on the pitch to be very conscious, you know that we we do want to play it around, but you do not want to get caught in possession because that, that that's what what Chelsea will be relying on there with Oscar is that sort of the fact that he, he can do everything he can do with the ball, but he's very like, not 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 entirely unlike Coutinho. He's very very adept at winning yeah. it back. Yeah. The, 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 that's another funny one as well. I mean the, the high pressure on the side have sort of learned to do against us uh, could come could be a big factor because I mean you look again even Swansea played on us um, making mistakes at the back and uh, it's exactly what Liverpool did uh, which tore us apart 4-0 uh, I think that is a, that is another one of concern that I've got at the moment actually is when we're playing out from the back and, and obviously it's a learning process this season um, I've always said that we haven't got the personnel to necessarily do that um, but you would think it would get better throughout the season I'm not so sure. I'm sort of seeing the holes in well, it the last but, few games. But that, that's if the opposition are looking. You, you know, it's eleven versus eleven, and the yeah. eleven are doing things to stop you from doing things. You yeah, know? absolutely. So you've got to, you've got to recognise that. I think. But I, I think that's a vulnerability that we've got. Mm. I, I think. I think it is. I think it's genuinely a vulnerability that Everton have got is playing out from the back. I mean, it stems from Tim Howard as well. I've been Tim Howard's biggest fan this season, or in general. Uh, and I, th- I don't think his distribution is great um, and it sort of stems from that back four as well don't think this stands the type of player to carry the ball off from the back even though he has improved better sides will capitalise on that and I think that's a big concern I think you know I'm, I'm all for knocking it out from the back but if the situation merits you know knock it up to the big lads we've got by the way he was 6 foot 8 yep. then do that <laughs> get the ball to that big lad yeah. up there, and also Barkley's obviously you know he's not he's not, he's not short himself. He's a big, powerful, yeah. strong lad. Yeah. It would be um, I, th- I think it's a huge opportunity for Everton to put a marker down. It's obviously it do Liverpool a bit of a favour, but I think that you know Liverpool have got their own problems. They've just got to simply get through the Swansea game the other side with the, with the three points on the board. It's going to be a really really interesting sport this week uh, weekend of football this weekend. I think uh, all the major sides going for the title are, are on um, are at home. You've got uh, Everton going away. I think Chelsea go. Sorry, I think Tottenham go away as well uh, in that that, that, that that scrap to get into the fourth place mm. situation uh, and I'm not quite sure what United are doing but presumably if City are at home they're away so yep. 
it's going to be an interesting one. This has been all in the game this week with uh, Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey. Hopefully it wasn't too, um, too title talk orientated for Evertonians. I think that you're all having sleepless nights, but ultimately I think it's time that you got on board with this train, you got on board with this reality. We're all going to go to the Charity Shield together, you know. See you next week. <laughs> It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9.